You're listening to The Served Up Show, a podcast that features inspiring beverage professionals and topic experts that share their passions through meaningful content. Your hostesses, Bridget Albert, is best known as the Market Fresh Mixologist, an industry mentor with over 25 years of experience. And I'm Julie Milroy, best known for my passion for leading change and helping others grow in their careers. Grab a cocktail and sit back. Let's learn how we can make a positive impact in our industry. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. Welcome to a groundbreaking critical conversation series of served up podcast episodes recorded live at the vibrant Maya event at the Tales of the Cocktail. Get ready for a riveting lineup of episodes that delve deep into the heart of what the beverage industry truly cares about, from sipping on powerful discussions about diversity, equity, and belonging, to raising a glass to conversations about the oppressive shadow of censorship, and even toasting to the importance of cherishing the elders of the LGBTQ plus community, and so much more. We're here to uncork critical conversations that will leave you inspired, informed, and ready for action. So get ready, folks, because we're about to get served up a series of these conversations that will quench your thirst for knowledge, ignite your passion for progress, and leave you with a renewed sense of purpose. Let's do this. Hey, y'all, it's Bridget here. Welcome back to Served Up. Tony Leggio and Tim Meadows have transformed the program No Age into a beacon of hope, a safe haven for those who spent their lives advocating for progress and acceptance. Their leadership isn't just about creating spaces. It's about nurturing legacies and honoring the experiences that have shaped the LGBTQ community. Welcome to Served Up Critical Conversations. I'm your host, Bridget Elbert, and we are here at Tales of the Cocktail in New Orleans. I am so excited to be here. I am your co-host, Julie Milroy, live at Maya at Tales of the Cocktail. And today we have two incredible guests with us, Tony and Jim. Leaders from No Age, a nonprofit organization advocating for LGBTQ plus elders. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. We're very excited to be here. Well, we are so happy that you're joining us today. I'm going to start off with you, Jim, first. Sure. Can you tell us more about No Age, how it was founded, why, it, why it's necessary, and what is the mission? Sure. So can y'all hear me all right? So No Age stands for New Orleans Advocates for LGBTQ plus Elders. The, uh, the seed idea came from a local guy, an attorney named Jason Wagaspeck, who noticed that his neighbor who's gay, he'd lost his partner, and the guy was just really isolated, staring out the window alone. And Jason wondered, you know, what exists in New Orleans to help people who were aging in the LGBT community, and there was nothing at the time. So he got together a coalition of people who who formed No Age. 
That is, um, that like gave me chills mm -hmm. because I think already when people that we love and our families go through and, and they're aging, mm -hmm. you tend to be alone. So I can imagine, um, you know, within the LGBTQ plus place, like if your partner leaves, it's, it could be a very lonely place. So I think that's incredible that you guys have, you know, that you've created this space. So Tony, how did you get involved and, and how did this blossom to, to what No Age is today? I guess I got involved accidentally. <laughs> Some people came up to me. I'm an event planner, so I throw parties for a living. And they were having a gala, and they're like, hey, we want to take it up another notch. So I said, okay, well, I'd love to help you. So I started helping with their gala, and it started to do really well. Well, then I was like, well, this is a great organization. It's for a wonderful cause. And let's face it, no one's getting younger. You know, we're so all true. aging. And one thing I noticed is in the LGBT community, when someone loses a partner or they may just be single, um, they don't really have family. They've been alienated from their family. Most of them don't have children. So they're alone. And something as simple as going to get a colonoscopy, and you need someone to pick you up from that. Right. They right. don't have anyone to do that. And it's important that we take care of these, this um, group of people, but not just them, but as we're aging, learning how we could better take care of ourselves. In the aging process, one good thing about no age that we stress is you could be any age to be a supporter. You don't have to be over 60 or over 50 or anything. We have people who are supporters who are in their 20s, in their 30s, because let's face it, we all want to get older because <laughs> the alternative is nothing, you know, right. so... Right. Jim, I want to throw it back over to you. Can you talk about the key programs and the initiatives that have put into place really to support the LGBTQ plus um, elders of your community? Sure. I think our most successful uh, recurring program is the monthly potluck at St. Anna's Episcopal Church. We always get a huge turnout of people. And uh, in New Orleans, we love to eat. We love to have conversations. So that's one of them. We also have a walking group each week. Uh, we've got a book club that's meeting this evening. Uh, we've, we've had HIV support groups for elders. We've had uh, uh, recurring coffee talks. We'll have one at uh, Crescent Care this Saturday. I'm sure I'm forgetting something, but uh, some one-off events. But we try to have at least one social event per week that people can count on, that they can, wow. can meet up and, and make, make new friends. And, you know, when you, when you get older, it's harder to, to build and maintain friendships uh, so we're trying to help facilitate that. And competency training, that's really important, too. Well, we... oh, that's the other branch of it. When, when we talk about being advocates for elders, we're, what we're doing is uh, giving cultural competence, LGBT cultural competence uh, training for healthcare providers. So, for example, uh, for a nursing home staff, 
to let them know why for somebody would be going back into the closet when they go into a nursing home. It's because they're afraid of being bullied by their roommate, you know? Mm. It's like going back in time. So if we can get the, the healthcare staff trained to, to know what to look for, to know about what it means to, to age with HIV, the face of HIV is aging. Most people with it in America now are over 50, mm -hmm. and they're moving into long-term care, and those facilities are not, they're not prepared for it. Mm. What inspired you? I mean, <clears throat> you know, as a community, there's so many challenges. And, and I think the fact that both of you with No Age is really focused on the elderly. And I can see that that's, you know, there, there's a big need there. So what inspired you? Is it just kind of, have you always had an affection for kind of like the elderly community? Or, or did you just kind of fall into to this, this space where you're so needed and you're, you're taking such a big leadership role in? Well, I'm a social worker by profession. Uh, and I, I, from the beginning of my career, I worked with elders. I started in geriatric psych hospitals. Mm. I, I, just, I just prefer working with older people. And I came to this point where I was between jobs and I was going crazy because I had nothing to do. And I'm like, I got to volunteer or I'm going to go nuts. So uh, I just Googled LGBT elders, New Orleans. I wanted to give back to the LGBT community uh, and uh, No Age popped up. They had just started, it was 2015. And I, I started as a volunteer and just tried to make myself indispensable. So when I meet people who are looking for a job, I can't find a job. I tell them, you need to volunteer at the place that you wanna be and make yourself indispensable to yeah. that place and it's a it's a good way to get a job it worked for me <laughs> he I is very indispensable <laughs> trust me well so is tony that's a great tip well tony let's flip it over to you i want to touch on really the the intergenerational aspect and you mentioned that just you know just briefly but really how can the younger generations support and to really to learn from their elders, maybe do a little bit better, right? Get more involved, right? <laughs> and, and what are some of the benefits really that you're seeing of fostering these like intergenerational relationships? Well, what we're seeing, especially like things like potluck and when we're gathering um, people of all ages, they're just talking to each other. And they're just talking about their lives and their experiences. And trust me, there is nothing that a younger person is going through that someone older hasn't <laughs> gone through. That's so and true. with the LGBT community um, during the age of AIDS, at its worst, we lost a generation of people. Mm. So there was a gap. So I think it's even more important as we age to become mentors, sounding boards. I just say talk to each other because we find out so much more. And the people who come who are younger, like the college kids who are volunteering, they come to volunteer, but they find that they're having a good time. They're making friends and they're hanging out. I mean... They're just older. They're not, like, not fun. <laughs> so um, I think it's a learning situation for everyone involved. Um, so that's kind of where I see that if going. If you're a young person, the, the, the best thing you can do for an elder is to give them some of your time. Mm -hmm. oh, you know, everybody, yeah. you just, everybody wants to feel seen and heard. But, I mean, we also see, you know, the elders learn from the youth. 
Uh, you know, so for example, uh, you know, a lot of younger people have 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 made a lot of progress with uh, the transgender issues, gender nonconforming people. Some of those labels they didn't even exist well in a major way. 20, 30, 40 years ago, and some elders who might have once identified as gay are now freaked, like, you know what, I'm actually part of the trans community, and I owe the youth, I owe that to the youth. So I see I see it working both ways. The, the youth learn from the elders and vice versa. I, you just took the words out of my mouth, and I think something that we talk about a lot these days is that reverse mentoring, right? So a lot of our youth, especially these days, know everything I know because I have a 12 year old son and he definitely knows a lot more than I do but there's so much we can learn from the youth and and it's not just one way right it's not like oh I'm gonna go be with elderly people and they're just gonna teach me the way of the world and I think that it's really about that conversation and learning from each other and it's like you learn a little bit about some of the hardships Mm -hmm. that our elders have gone through with rights that they didn't have. I mean, we're still struggling, but they struggled even more. And then also learning from the youth. Like I love being around our youth because it just gives you like this whole new vibe and new energy. And, you know, I think that that's um, so important. And like with your community of elders, like, do they want, like, do they enjoy being around youth or do they, they prefer being around like their oh, no, own I think community. they love it. They love I think it. They love it. They love talking to each other. They like being seen and understanding what, what's out there. Mm-hmm. What's incredible. Like they're kind of not out right now. They're not going out a lot. So mm-hmm. to, yeah like live through them and hear what's out there, they're becoming, oh, I want to go see this new thing. I want to be part of this band. I want to, we, um, at every big major LGBT event in the city, like Southern Decadence or Gay Pride, we, um, have a, we have a group that goes out to that. And the group is formed with um, elderly, young, all ages are part of it, so... I think they just all like being together. It's about showing up for each other. Yeah. yeah. It's all about Absolutely. being part of it. And being like, we're stronger together, right? No matter what age you are, no matter mm-hmm. where you're from, it's like we're all together with like a common value and, mm-hmm. and what we love and, and brings us joy. And I think as you get older, they tend to be more reserved, especially elderly, because that's what they grew up sure. in a time where they couldn't be out mm-hmm. like that is. But the younger generation has empowered them and emboldened them yeah. to be like, all right, I'm yeah. gay, I'm trans, I'm I'm who I am, and I'm proud. Yeah. And I'm glad to be. And I think that that is a great lesson for everyone. It sure is. It sure is. You know, I'm going to flip this one over to you, Jim. You know, we're living in a time that's almost going backwards as much as we're going forwards with a lot of the different laws that are either being changed and or implemented um, around the LGBTQ plus community as well for women. Um, And when we think about the time that we live in, you know, how do we ensure that the LGBTQ plus elders are included in the right conversations to protect them around the rights and issues that we have today? 
Well, I, I think you're right. We, what we're dealing with now, it's with the, all these conversations about grooming. It's the same thing as Anita Bryant in the 1970s with the Save the Children campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what Anita didn't realize was that that was going to galvanize the entire community to rise up. In fact, one of the first uh, ma- major uh, gay protests in New Orleans was against Anita Bryant. It brought thousands and thousands of people to protest her, and it helped actually spark the movement. And when people get overly cynical about what's happening today, my thing is, Look at your history. Look where we've been before. Look at the battles that we fought and won decades ago. Read up on what happened. See how they did it then. Use those tools. Use new tools that the youth, they've got social media and uh, galvanizing action in that way. But these are battles we've won before. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah. And, and that's such a great lesson, right? It's like, we've been here before. This is nothing new. And we're not going to be scared, we're not going to be threatened, and we're not going to back down. Mm. And I think that that is something. I mean, when we think of, like, the whole banning books, right? I mean, I've, we've all learned so many new authors and so many books that it was like, oh, that's banned. I want to read it. I want to read it. And it's like, you know, ultimately what they were trying to do to silence and and close off has just really opened the door even more. And I think that's a beautiful thing. No one can ban a book. We live in the world of Amazon. You can hit a button and get the book. You are so right. What are you banning in any school? They're not going to read it in school. Okay. It's like saying don't smoke in school. They're not going to do it in school, but they're going to do it. They're going to read it. Like how to make, like what better way to make books more popular than telling kids that they can't read it. You know, now all of a sudden, like everybody wants to read. That's great. You know, like get off social media and read a book. Well, you know, my, this means a lot to me. When I was growing up in a rural parish in Louisiana, I would drive to the universe, to Southeastern SLU library to find books about the subject. And, you know, I I think that when people want information, they will they're going it. to get the information. We shouldn't be talking about banning books in the United States of America. There's lots of stuff I don't agree with. I'm not going to read it. I don't, I'm not interested. But I'm not going to stop you from reading what yeah. you want to read in a free country. Come on. Yeah. I mean, by the way, you can just go on Google and, like, type in the words. Yeah. You know, that's actually easier than ordering oh, yeah, and, and sending a book. Yeah. But it's like... <laughs> right? we, we have the internet. I yeah, mean, we, I mean, hello, what year are we in? But mm-hmm. I think that um, taking those type of initiatives that are intended to to be not good and making it good and and really using that platform Mm -hmm. to bring awareness. And I think what the two of you are doing with No Age and and the entire team of people that that bring this organization together, we we commend you so much. And I'm sure the community does as well. Well, I commend the librarians and teachers who are on the front lines of this and dealing with with what y'all just brought up, because it's tough. It's worse than it was when I was a kid as far as the banning, but as far as coming together as a community, we are so lucky in New Orleans. We've got like one of the most tight-knit LGBT communities, I think, in the country. And uh, the fact that No Age has been so successful is a a testament to that. That's amazing. Tony, what are the goals and aspirations of No Age for the future? Oh, we have many. (laughs) Let's talk about them. Um, We want to be one of the 
organizations on the forefront of helping LGBTQ plus elders, not just here in New Orleans, but around the country. Around. Like people, we want, we want to build a model so mm. elder communities, especially more rural communities, learn how to take care of it and how we can help them. Um, there is SAGE, which is a national yeah, organization, yeah. but mm. they're kind of... Their, uh, their work is more around policy, and, yeah. and, and they're doing a lot of uh, uh, work on, you know, in Washington, uh, uh, advocating on, on the, you know, the laws that are... The, sure. the political. Right. The political right. stuff. We're, we're, our, our bigger interest is, is in building community and, in, and, and letting people know that we're here not just for people who are aging right now, but this is an investment in your future. Mm -hmm. If you're part of the LGBT community, please get involved with No Age because you're, you're planning for your own yeah. future. So you will have social groups and, and uh, support as you age. And just meeting new people out there and learning from them and learning how you could help them and they could help you. Mm -hmm. You don't know the the um, network you can create. And so that's one of the things is we're building networks. We're building a stronger community. Beautiful. I think community is key. And I, you know, we've talked to a couple of guests today and, and that's something so special about New Orleans and, and where you guys are is that, and, and so, you know, Chris said it earlier, it's that it's actually the community that's creating these type of policies and and just you know almost making a bigger impact than the officials in the government yeah. right it's it's that local community and the more that you can network and empower each other the better and i think that i love that you do that and that your audience isn't just the elderly it's anybody in the lgbtq space mm -hmm. Anybody that's even allies or advocates so that we continue to have that sustainability. And you might be young now, but you'll be older later, so why not get involved mm -hmm. early? And it's all about succession planning in our, in our community. Like, as you are being, in, as you're involved and no age, you're growing older and all, then we can hand the reins off to you know, groups of people who will take it and run with it even further than we did. So. Yeah, and we've hosted several legal fairs to help people get their, their documents in order. Uh, you know, if, they, if they're not married and they need a succession plan, yeah, we're yeah. always happy to help people with that as well. Yeah. Tony, awesome. where can folks find No Age? Uh, you can find us online. Uh, it's... Uh, NoAgeNola.org. NoAgeNola. I always want to say .com. It's .org. <laughs> NoAgeNola.org online. We're we're also on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if if you go to the website, uh, there's I'd encourage people who want to learn more to subscribe to the e-newsletter. Mm -hmm. So once a week, I send out this an email blast that lets people know all of the social events that are happening. Uh, from not just from no age, but from other things mm -hmm. happening around the community. Right now, we're super excited because uh, our Southern Decadence Grand Marshals have chosen us as as their uh, charity for this year. So we oh, really, really want to give a 
We really want to push, yeah. you know, please please attend Southern Decadence fundraising events. Southern Not just the, the weekend of Southern Decadence, but in, in all the weeks leading up to it. Because they're helping us out. We, we show up for each other in the We world. do. Yes, and really do. that's amazing. Southern Decadence is one of the largest LGBT events in the country. Yes. And it's over um, Labor Day weekend. And I was a Southern Decadence Grand Marshal in the past. But when the, you become a Southern Decadence Grand Marshal, they're like, you're running the parade. That's wonderful. Oh. Now you have to raise all the money for the parade. <laughs> and so you're like, oh. And then, but all the money they raise, they raise more than that. Because, you know, the community comes out and supports them all. Sure. So all the extra that goes after the parade, like once the parade is paid for, goes to a charity, and we were chosen as the charity That's this year. Fabulous. And they've already raised Bravo. the money for the parade. So yeah, so everything oh, hey, comes hey. to us from Incredible this point group on. of people this so year. That's, that's amazing. And just so that we can tie the loop, how did you get involved with Tales of the Cocktail? How did how did we get involved yeah. with Tales of the? With like, how, how was that connection made? Oh well, Tony's in, got Tony knows all about it. I, this is the first and, time you know. I've been. I've never oh, attended. I have wow. been. Yeah. I used to come to Tales like in the day, like the beginning. I like, am the, sure we have sat I'm together sure. at the um, Carousel Bar or I, somewhere. And when it was at the Montleon, Mountain Leon. Yeah, yep. I was there. I remember going to a party in the Montleon and the. Door opened to the floor, and a bicycle flew past me yes. down the hallway. And I'm like, yep, this is a Tales yep. party. <laughs> I love it. I, I love everything love about it. Tales of the Cocktail. So we are appreciative of you inviting us here. Well, I love that Tales has become such a pillar in the industry and the community, especially here in New Orleans, you know, year after year coming back. And it's just like... You know, just seeing the people walking in and out of Maya, you know, and, and just every age, gender, you know, people coming in like, you know, in in wheelchairs to walking. And, and I think that that's really the power of the community. And, and it's just incredible that that no age can be a part of that. And we thank you. Yes, absolutely. So on behalf of Served Up, the Served Up family, um, both Jim and Tony, I just want to thank you for all the beautiful work that your organization continues to do in your community. And I do hope that this episode inspires other communities across our country and around the world. We are a global podcast. Mm -hmm. And so your, your words will be heard. And I think it's really important that we always use our words because that's what really creates change. So I want to just uh, wish you both some great health. And a lot of peace. Thank you for being on Thank our you show. You. So Thank much. you. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Go get a drink. I brought mine with me. So. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you. Yes. Thanks for listening. Served Up is brought to you by Southern Glazers Wine and Spirits. Produced by Zunu.online. Music by We Kill the Lion can be found on Spotify. Make sure to subscribe to be notified of future Served Up episodes. Cheers!